1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
2: Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds postgame edition. The Stars unfortunately lose in overtime to the Islanders 3-2. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. I mentioned it to you guys the other day. These games coming off of road trips are tough because in essence, and Craig Ludwig told us this, it's actually just another away game. There's just not enough time to adjust to get that home cooking in. And you're trying to fit everything back into your schedule, unpack. And for the stars, boy, this is a gauntlet because you not only unpacked, then you had to repack because now you're back on the road and then you're back at home on Thursday. So the NHL scheduling secretaries did not do the stars any favor over the last uh, two weeks, but you know, you can't make excuses this time of year. And the fact of the matter is, is I talked throughout the year about matchups. And after two games, you can clearly see that the New York Islanders are a pretty tough matchup for the stars. Granted, both went to overtime, both best Brock Besser, um, you know, got the game winner. Uh, So it's just one of those things that, you know, it happens. Uh, Matt Duchesne said after the game, when you go to overtime, and we've said this constantly, it really is a coin flip at that point. And it it was. So let's talk about the game. Let's talk about some of the subjects involved. Um, I thought it was a slow first period start. And that's natural Um, coming off of a long road trip you know, got to get the legs going. I felt as though kind of the turning point in the game where I thought the stars were the better team after that was early in the second period where the stars took another penalty and it was a five on three. Uh, They were shorthanded, killed off the penalty. And I think that gained a lot of momentum uh, for the stars. And I thought they were the better team uh, for the rest of the game, but unfortunately had some chances hit a crossbar in the third period Uh, But in the second period, Matt Duchesne tied the game at one, and then the Islanders went up two to one. And on that first goal by Matt Duchesne, we saw the first points from young Logan Stankoven. And it wasn't too long after that in the second period where Logan Stankoven from Wyatt Johnston got his first NHL goal. So two points uh, for the youngster as he just continues to show why he belongs and needs to stay up. Now, the you know, someone has asked the other day, well, Gavin, you talk about the salary cap and the tightness of the salary cap. You know, how is that going to be possible? And, and the answer is, if the Stars really, really want to, they can finagle ways. I mean, will Dodonov be ready for the end of the year? And if he's close to coming back toward the end of the regular season and Stankoven's playing this well, Do you pull a Nikita Kucherov, what happened a couple years ago in Tampa, where he's skating, all looks well, but you know what? He's just not there. You know what? He'll be ready for the playoffs because once the playoffs come, it's a clean slate as far as salary. So that's the situation where we are right now. you got to take it game in and game on. Even Stankoven said after the game, you know, uh, on to Colorado, well, maybe on to Colorado. So, you know what I love about him is I love his poise, but on the ice, he's a terror. He reminds me a lot of Brendan Gallagher. I've said that before, the Montreal forward, who's had a very long career in that not afraid with that five eight frame to get in front of the net. He's now drawn two penalties with net front presence in two games. That's what I absolutely love. Uh, his aggressiveness and his tenacity to go after the puck are going to keep him in the NHL for a long time. Uh, in fact, Peter DeBoer said after the game, he thought Stankoven was one of the better forwards on the ice tonight. And that means a lot when your coach is putting you in those positions and your coach is getting kind of giving you that playing time and not holding you back. Notice how the stars in this game basically and on Saturday in Carolina, they're just playing Stankoven as if he was a major part of this team. He's getting major line minutes that are not holding him back. They're not holding him back in one zone or another. They have complete confidence when it comes to Logan Stankoven. I mean, look at the time on ice, 1508. Uh, In fact, 15.08 was one of the highest numbers for forwards. Joe Pavelski had uh, 16.30, he had a couple stars. Uh, Wyatt Johnson, of course, wow, 19 minutes nearly on the ice. So, uh, you know, impressive uh, that the youngster's getting a lot of ice time, looking good out there. Also want to talk about Matt Duchesne. The calmness that he is performing and a magician, it's like there is a magnet on his stick and there's a piece of metal inside the puck because the way he is dangling right now, I mean, you saw and heard the crowd tonight. There were about three times where you heard that. Oh, and that is what Matt Duchesne's doing with the puck. He's turning tonight Islanders in circles. He's that good playing great in space, playing great in tight, Working against the corners, not letting go on his defensive assignments. When was the last time we said, Well, that was Matt Duchesne's guy? We don't say that. He's really a good two way player. And I mean, just the outstanding year continues for Matt Duchesne. Another goal tonight. That one tied it at one. Interesting fact. So you had the Stankoven, and they pointed this out on TV. You had the Stankoven goal and the Matt Duchesne 800th point in the same night. Who gets the puck? Duchesne said after the game, we'll give it to Logan Stankoven. Rope Hintz scored his first goal on the same night that Jason Spezza got his 900th point. And that game was also against the New York Islanders. So, something about the Islanders? And something about 800, 900 points in first NHL uh, goals. Great job by uh, Bally's pulling that statistic. Uh, So I just wanted to bring it to you. Uh, That's really, really cool. But, you know, unfortunately, it's one of those situations that um, the Stars are in a bit of funk offensively. When we talk about Duchesne, we talk about Logan Stankoven. You know, these are all bright spots for the Stars offensively. But. When we dive into scoring, there's a lot of chances. And you could say, well, Gavin, look at the performance against Boston. Gavin, look at the uh, performance against the New York Rangers. Uh, you know, And those were shots in the 40s. I understand. But remember what I say. Don't get caught up on shots on net. Because since the Oilers game on Saturday, let me give you how the stars have scored. Three goals against the Oilers in a losing effort. Three goals against the Bruins in a losing effort. One goal against the Rangers in a losing effort. One goal against the uh, Senators in a losing effort. Two goals against the Hurricanes in a winning effort. And tonight, two goals. So when you look back at this gauntlet of a road trip, and you just look, okay, what are some of the issues? Because you're seeing great play from Stankoven and excitement, because you're seeing Duchesne, but are those injuries to Dodonov and Sagan kind of adding up in that first line not getting what you need on a consistent basis as far as Hints, Pavelski, and Robertson? So, because once again, let me read it down, the stars as far as scoring. It just has not been there. Three goals, three goals, one goal, one goal, two goals, two goals. So they have not put up a four-goal effort since the uh, Carolina Hurricanes on February 13th. So a little bit of a drought. You'd like to see a better performance offensively. Um, just putting the puck in the net, you know, and it might be just the puck's not going their way right now, but you got to score more, especially in today's uh, NHL. So it's a gauntlet of a week. The stars are back at it. I think Pete DeBoer made the right decision as far as starting Scott Wedgwood tonight. And Wedgie made some amazing stops, two breakaways, in fact, and uh, played really well. Like I said, toss of the coin in overtime. So I'm not going to give that one on him. That was just a terrific in zone skating ability by Matthew Barzell head up and just finds a streaking Brock Besser who lost the stars defense. Everyone was just mesmerized by Barzell. And I mean, just a one timer that I don't think many goalies stop. I mean, you talk about a three on three and you have Barzell and Besser on that same. I mean, Matthew Barzell is an absolute warrior. Uh, he reminds me of Sebastian Ajo in that he plays for the Islanders, or lesser-known team. You don't really see the Islanders on TV much, similar to Carolina. But when you break down the Islanders and you look at Matthew Barzell, um, you know, tonight, uh, he had one point. But for a forward, okay, for a forward, 25 minutes on the ice, put that in perspective. For a forward, 25 minutes on the ice. Whereas the Stars, as far as time on ice, like I mentioned, Wyatt Johnson, 1854. So almost a six-minute difference in time on ice. That is massive for a forward. I mean, to put it even more perspective, okay? I said, Matthew Barzell, let me pull it up again, for the Islanders, 25 minutes, 17 minutes. Oh, sorry, 25 minutes, 17 seconds, okay? Thomas Harley led the Stars on time on ice, 26 minutes, 56 seconds. Miro, 25 minutes, 37 uh, seconds. So Matthew Barzell played almost as much as the stars time on ice leaders, as far as defense, that is absolutely amazing. This guy is just a warrior and Patrick was been using him a lot uh, since he came over to be the head coach of the Islanders. So a losing effort and Wedgwood played well. Now we'll see Ottinger uh, tomorrow night and likely against Winnipeg on Thursday. Uh, I understand that this is a tough loss for some Stars fans, but you know what? You got a point, and tomorrow and Thursday are massive, okay? These are the four-point swings that we talk about that can decide the Central Division. And when you look at the Central Division, I personally You know, at this point, would love to be first because I don't want to play either Colorado or Winnipeg in the first round. I think they can beat Winnipeg, and I think Winnipeg's a good matchup for them. And we'll see Winnipeg uh, on Thursday. Winnipeg's streaking right now, and they have some games on hand, games in hand. However, I think Winnipeg's a good matchup. Tomorrow night's going to be tough. Tomorrow night, Colorado is just a tough matchup for the Stars. They're physical with the Stars. Obviously, you have Kale McCarr. You you have Nathan McKinnon. You have some studs on that Colorado roster. So the Stars defense, and it's really, really tough when you talk about going through this gauntlet and you circle this on the calendar as a big game, but then you say, my goodness, the Stars are coming off a road trip and then they have to travel to Colorado. Uh, to play against this team on a back to back. wow. so hoping for a point tomorrow night I mean two would be an absolute beauty, but hoping for a point tomorrow night, let's see what the boys can do. wanted to point something out that um, my co-host Sean Shapiro brought up in regards to the trade deadline as far as you know what the stars you know can do uh, Sean pointed out, Uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers because Sean's been high. If you listen to spits and suds on defenseman, Sean Walker, who is an unrestricted free agent after this year, Sean pointed out today, the possibility and how much it would cost. And would it be much more than a ten If who everyone wants from Calgary to grab Sean Walker and his defensive lineman, this defensive linemate nick sealer so you would actually bring a complete defensive pairing from philadelphia to the stars now let me explain what it would do it would allow you to keep thomas harley and miro in together that's one great point walker and sealer would become your second line defensive pairing And the great thing is, just like when the forwards come back from the stars, everyone drops down. It makes you a stronger overall team. So Sealer and Sean Walker would be your second defensive pairing. Then you could then pair up Essa Lindell and Ryan Suter on a third pairing. And haven't we said all along that Ryan Suter on a third pairing wouldn't actually be that bad? I have to be honest with you guys. Ryan Suter's had a much better year than he has last year. And I actually think he's played pretty well this year uh, for the minutes he logs, for the ages, you know, that he is, and probably shouldn't keep those, you know, take those into account. But the bottom line is, is I think Ryan Suter is a third pairing with Esa Lindell. I think that's actually a strong third pairing. So you'd have Haskinen, and Harley, Sealer, Walker, and then Lindell and Suter. You would sit Paw. And many of you say, "What about Hawk and Paw on the kill?" I think injuries are going to happen. But to have Hawk and Paw and Joel Hanley ready to go, I think that gives you really, really good depth in the playoffs because it's very rare that you use just six defensemens in six defensemen in the playoffs. So you're going to use Hawk and Paw, and you might use Joel Hanley in the playoffs. So that would be awesome. The issue is the following. Does Philadelphia want to sell? They're a rebuilding team, but they're a rebuilding team that have played exceptionally well throughout the season. A little bit streaky here and there. They've lost two in a row. They're 5-4-1 in their last 10. However, they sit at 67 points, which is third in a very tough Metro division, okay? And then you look who's behind them. The next two teams in the Metro, the Capitals at 63 points and the Devils at 62 points, followed by the Penguins, who have 60 points. So you're a full four points ahead as far as that third Metro position. And you have to come in third in the Metro, most likely, because the two wildcard teams uh, come from the other division the Eastern uh, Atlantic division, and that is going to be Detroit at 70 points and the Lightning at 69 points. So I say that to further the argument that Philadelphia, why would they sell? Because here's the thing about the Philadelphia Flyers. Let's take into the account the following. And their owners, which are uh, Comcast, Spectra, which you know, Comcast Cable, Spectrum Cable. They also um, are in charge of the arena there, and they have a couple other uh, teams. They have the major indoor lacrosse team in Philadelphia. So they, they you know, they own some smaller, um, you know, for, but they're in the sports business as well.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
2: So Philadelphia has not made the playoffs in three straight years. What does Comcast spectrum know about TV revenue? They know the TV deals and in the NHL playoff gate is gold for these owners. That's where they really make their money. So you haven't made the playoffs in three years. So you haven't had that revenue. The last time you made the playoffs was during COVID. So there wasn't a gate there either. So, you're looking at a full four years of no playoff gate. So, if I'm ownership and I have the opportunity to get in, I'm getting in. I am not selling my defensive pairing. In fact, I might be buyers because I want that first round playoff money. So, that's just me. Because if you look at the standings, it's not like Philadelphia is hanging on to a spot. Okay. They're not a wild card team. They're hanging on to that third spot. So they've been good and they've played tough, especially on the road where they're 16, nine and five. That says a lot about the team. John Totorola has that team playing real well. So I'm not so sure that they're going to be sellers. So why would you, if you're the flyers, why would you sell a Sean Walker? I understand he's an unrestricted free agent, but what does that tell your fan base if you're in third place in an arguably the toughest division in hockey, and then all of a sudden you're sellers? That doesn't make sense to me, especially in a market that's so sports crazy that you're just vying for attention with the 76ers, the Eagles and the Phillies now playing and the Phillies are perennial contenders, you have got to take a slice of that market. So you have to make the playoffs. So for that reason, I think it's going to be real tough to pry Sean Walker loose unless a team gives a lot. So just wanted to go over that kind of uh, trade uh, scenario. Then you look at Arizona and Arizona won't be in a, a uh, team. And then you look at some pieces and some young pieces defensively and that second line defensive pairing. We have Sean Dersey and Michael Kesselring and Dersey and Kesselring are under control. Um, they will be, you know, have some restrictive free agency years coming up but those are good young players. So it might cost a little bit more than a unrestricted free agent, but watch that because I think some teams might be looking at Arizona and Arizona is stockpiling their draft picks. They're just in flux. No one knows what's going to happen with Arizona. They're busy trying to get some space as far as, you know, an arena to try to save that team. They're making fun on their own social media about the whole situation. So, Um, And then their first pairing features a guy that unfortunately stars know well for a hit on Joe Pavelski, Matt Dumba, who's had a pretty good year for Arizona. That would provide toughness, and that would really strengthen, you know, your defensive pairings. However, I'm just going to say this, and this is why I like what Sean had to say as far as the Flyers are concerned with a Sealer walker exchange. I think if the stars pick up one defenseman, that's not enough as far as taking you over the top. I think they have to make a couple of moves and depending on what you have to give up, I'd rather see them take a flyer and call up a Liam Bixel, who I truly believe would have been up this year uh, had he stayed in North America. So he's likely to be back and maybe they take a chance. He's played a lot of hockey and you don't remember he's coming off that off season injury, but Everything's been fine. So, do you take a chance and maybe bring up a big Bixel and try to impact the playoffs that way, similar to what they did a year ago uh, with Harley? That's a big chance. However, you know, the possibility might be there. So, you have that option. But I definitely, you could see from Stankoven. And if you like what you see in Stankoven, guess what? I have a Maverick Bork. So, after seeing the calmness of Stankoven, the NHL ready player. Are you really ready to sell Maverick Bork at this point? Are you ready to sell Logan Stankoven? And are you ready to sell Liam Bixel? No. I understand what you're saying, Stars fans. I understand that this team is cup ready, but I am not ready to mortgage those guys. I'll give up a first-round draft pick, no problem. Although, I will say this. When you look at first-round draft picks, Wyatt Johnston, it's not like he was picked in the top 10, okay? Thomas Harley, it's not like he was picked in the top 10. So those are first-round picks, and the Stars have hit on their first-round picks recently. So, you know, just putting that in perspective, but you have to give something else. The other thing which might be interesting for teams is what if I gave a first-round pick and then I gave up Nils Lundquist? which might be equal to a second or third round pick. And some of you might say, well, you gave a first round pick. Well, he hasn't played like a first round pick, and the Stars haven't used him like a first round pick. Therefore, you have to drop the value. But if you're a team and you always have to think of a team on the opposite end, don't you say to yourself, a second or a third round pick or a defenseman which we feel can play in the NHL, I'm almost willing to take a flyer on Nils Lundquist rather than a third round pick. So if I pull a first and a Nils Lundquist, and remember the value of NHL ready defensemen, that might get me something that's a nice piece. So let's just keep those in perspective. It's going to be exciting in the next week, week and a half. Wanted to point out a couple of other things from tonight's game. Thomas Harley just continues to be excellent. Miro Haskinen, you know, the puck just wasn't bouncing his way tonight. I'm not going to fault Miro, but it was a tough night. Gave away some chances because just couldn't handle the puck. But I think he, you know, as the game moved along, I thought he had some good shots on net. Um, So I'm not going to get on him, you know, and everything. But the emergence of Thomas Harley is just absolutely amazing. The confidence that he has um you know when we saw him grab the puck in overtime didn't you think to yourself like this could be it stars fans and that's what you want to see on the ice want to give props to the crowd tonight absolutely into the game huge pop when Stankoven scored the fact that you knew Logan Stankoven his first NHL point and Jeff K rightly pointed it out saw many of you standing really nice job in the barn tonight you guys have shown up all year it's just been a great barn to play hockey I'm telling you, the players notice that the coaching staff notices that it just fires everyone up. So really, really kudos. I mean, you've seen some great hockey games up and down lately, but the barn's been rocking and that's tough coming back off of like a road trip. And then next thing you know, it's like on the road for a game and then you're back at home on Thursday. They're going to need you on Thursday against Winnipeg uh, to hopefully pull off uh, two points. Ty DeLandria continues to play well. I know he's not putting the puck in the net. The guy's diving for pucks. The guy's making it happen, playing really, really well. I thought he had some good opportunities, and he's just a nice energy guy on the ice, similar to Stankoven. You need those guys in your lineup. Radek Fox, I thought, played really well. In fact, the fourth line was very effective with Smith as well tonight. You know, Sam Steele played pretty good. I mean, all in all, I thought they played pretty well as a team. Just got the legs going a little bit too late. Would have liked to have seen a better first period. But, you know, you did get a point against a team that, you know, you haven't played it well against all year as far as it's a bad matchup. But let's see what they do in uh, Colorado uh, coming up tomorrow night. So here's the schedule for Spitz and Suds. So tomorrow morning, we'll tape with Craig Ludwig. We'll get Craig's thoughts on uh, what we saw tonight. And we'll talk a little bit about road trips and uh, the grind of the road, as well as, you know, we'll get a story or two out of LUDs. and, And so that'll be good. And then Uh, Tomorrow night after Colorado, we'll be back on. David Castillo of D Magazine, love talking with him. He'll join us on The Post. We'll be back on on Thursday night following the Winnipeg game. And then on Friday, our NHL insider, Sean Shapiro, will join us. So a busy week of stars, spits, and suds podcast. We wouldn't roll any other way. So if you could do us a favor, uh, when if you follow on Spotify or if you Uh, follow on Apple Um, and you can give us a five stars and a comment, that would be absolutely huge. And the reasoning is it helps with search engine optimization, and it also encourages other people when they go and they look for Stars Podcasts and you see the rating next to it, you see the comments like, hey, these guys have a lot of insiders on, they talk a lot of good hockey for the Stars fan. So things like that really helps us as far as growing. It's all about growing this great game together and for those of you that didn't see my uh uh, social media uh the other day we took care of a young stars fan and that's what it's all about so for those of you that don't know and i'll recap it uh pretty quick uh last week uh there was a stars fan on his birthday he's only six years old and uh unfortunately um his name was levi and he went and his favorite play was Rope Hans. Rope went to throw a puck in practice and an adult took the puck. And the mother said that was meant for my son. And the adult looked and said, Sorry, and walked off. So um got a very, very note nice note as far as uh Ashley Norma O three on Twitter. And she said, Hey guys, love the podcast. Can you do something about this? So of course we can. So um We had Levi in the studio yesterday. Love my guys at uh, 105.3, the fan. So Levi and his family were at, you know, sit on our couch and they were able to watch what a live show is all about. And then we pulled Levi and his family into our recording studio. And I got to record a few minutes that I sent to Levi and his family. So Levi went from missing out on a practice puck to getting a puck that was used uh, by the stars against the Seattle Kraken last year in the playoffs. And the family also received a Jake Ottinger all-star puck. They got a uh, Bob Stoops autograph that Levi can hang in his room. I know Texas fans don't like that, but (laughs) OU legend. It's an autograph nonetheless, right? And we signed uh, Levi to a one-day contract with the promise that he can always come into our studios and talk sports with us. So it's a very happy ending. Just wanted to update you. And if you have stories like that that happen, feel free to reach out to us. We'll see what we can do because it's all about growing the great game together. And it was just such a nice moment when the father leaned into me and said, uh, this is great. Thank you so much. Uh, Gavin really appreciate it. This is a great learning lesson for Levi that there are really good people in this world. And that made me, you know, I mean, come on. I had chills that made me feel good. So that's going to do it for tonight's spits and suds. Unfortunately, the stars lose in overtime, but a good chance tomorrow night and Thursday to pick up some points in the central division. So we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on 105.3 The Fan. Thank you so much for supporting and listening to Spits and Suds.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.